comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Great. It's wonderful to be with you tonight. I want you to come with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. We're beginning a new series that I believe is going to be a great blessing to every one of us. It's a series I'm excited about. It's a series that I have had to deeply reflect on. Amen. And I believe that as I begin to share most of these things, the Holy Spirit will give you understanding. I pray that you will not be traditionally minded. And you open up to the spirit of God for revelation. Somebody shout a better amen. If you are religious in your thinking, you may not benefit much from what I'm going to be teaching. Because I'm going to teach on things that are fundamental to our faith. But we have not given it the attention it demands. We've been taught certain religious stuff that makes it very, very difficult sometimes for us to live the New Testament life. And this month and hopefully... Possibly after even this month, we are likely to stay on this course. I'm looking at Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Let's read it together. One go. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And by the way, if in the course of a teaching, because of our, the shortness of our time, in the course of a teaching, if there is anything you don't still understand afterwards, you are free to walk to the office and ask me. Amen. This is so fundamental that I need you to get it. I need you to get it. It's my prayer that everyone in our church family will get this. Because this is the foundation of the faith. I was just reflecting and reflecting and reflecting whether I've done any teaching in the past along these lines. I realized that I've not done much on this area. And I was like, really? Because this is fundamental. How many of you have ever written myself? You've written myself before? Myself. Myself. That's the first essay you write at elementary school. Myself. Now, this is supposed to be like myself of the Christian faith myself of the Christian faith. I'm looking at discovering your identity in Christ. That is going to be the focus of our teaching for this season. All our midweek services, discovering your identity in Christ. Discovering. The Bible says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that's the word, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, somebody say, if anyone. Say, if anyone. Now, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The word behold is important. The word a new creation, it's equally important. But what we are focusing on is if any man be in Christ. Somebody say, I'm in Christ. Say, I'm a new creature. 
And for the purposes of this teaching, we are focusing on who are you? That's the question I'm asking tonight. That's the title of this teaching. Who are you? The general teaching is discovering your identity in Christ. But tonight, we are looking at who are you? Ask your neighbor, who are you? Who are you? That's the question. Who are you is the most important question you will have to answer as a child of God. Who you are? Who are you is the most important and basic question you will have to answer. How you answer this question will determine your failure or success in life. How you answer this question will determine whether you live a victorious life or a defeated life. How you answer this question will determine whether Satan will have an upper hand in your life or you walk in victory over principalities and powers. And I'll see you take your prominent position in Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says something in Psalm 82 verse 5 to 7. Psalm 82 5 to 7. He said they do not know. They do not know. Neither do they understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. Verse 6. He says, I said. Somebody say, I said. said. Shout it aloud, I said. said. You are God's and all of you are children of the most high. But the sad thing is this. But you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. This is a very sad piece of scripture. He said they know not. The reason why they are going to die like one of the princes is because they, do, they know not. This season you will know what you need to know. The Bible said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I see fresh light coming to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. The question of your identity needs to be answered and answered well. One of the greatest diseases a person can suffer in life is identity crisis identity crisis. When you don't know who you are, everything goes. You cannot, you don't have value in life. You don't have standards in life and you are never going to fulfill your glorious destiny in life. There were two giants in the Bible that we want to consider briefly tonight. Two giants in the New Testament. All through the New Testament, these were the people whose birth was scripturally recorded, practically recorded. That's John the Baptist and Jesus Christ. Their birth, we have a detailed account of their birth. You remember John the Baptist, the angel came and gave prophecy. In fact, Luke chapter 1 is the same place where both of them, their story can be found. Verse 13, you have the account of John. And verse 23 downwards, you have the account of Jesus Christ. Now look at what the Bible says in Matthew 11 verse 11. Assuredly, I said to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Who is the least in the kingdom? You are the one the Bible says. He says, of all men born of women, there is none as greater as John the Baptist. But one who is great, the least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. And when he's talking about the least in the kingdom, he's talking about those of us who are born again. Praise God. So if John the Baptist was great, you are supposed to be greater. If he was greater, you are going to be the greatest. Somebody give me a better amen. But John needed to answer the question of his identity. Look at John chapter 1 verse 19 to 23. Now this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed. I am not the Christ. Somebody say, I am not. He said, I'm not the Christ. And they asked him, what then are you Elijah? 
He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? By the time this teaching is over, you will say the right things about yourself. That a lot of us who are living with crisis simply because we are saying the wrong things about ourselves. Something happened to you and you have chosen to define your life. You have decided to live your life around the incident that happened. You fell into temptation and you have decided to condemn yourself. You fell into one kind of thing or the other and you have decided to brand yourself a failure. The fact that you fail never makes you a failure in life. Am I communicating here? He said, who are you? What do you say of yourself? Who are you? Who are you? This question will come to you at various phases of your life. And it needs to be answered very well. He said, I'm not the Christ. John knew who he was not. And you must know who you are not. You must know who you are not. But most importantly, you need to know who you are. Because our people know who they are not, but they do not know who they are. Are you the Christ? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? He said, I'm not. Then they said, who are you then? Look at what John said, verse 23. I am the voice. Somebody say, I'm the voice. Oh, say it aloud. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah said. I am the voice. John knew he was a voice. Do you know that in the days of John the Baptist, all churches were empty? Everybody went to the wilderness to meet John the Baptist there. Why? Because he knew who he was. He was planted in his assignment and he was fulfilling his purpose. May you discover yourself and fulfill your purpose. In the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible said they left. Everybody left Judea and they went to him in the wilderness. Where you know who you are, no matter what you are trading in, you succeed. Where you know who you are, no matter where you are planted, things will work for you. I see you walking in your true identity. In the mighty name of Jesus. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Now look at Jesus also. Jesus was a man who was described as great. Look at Luke chapter 3 verse 15 to 16. Now as the people were in expectation, all reasoning their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not. John answered, saying to all, Indeed, I baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. Somebody say, one mightier. Now, that's why I call them two New Testament giants. One mightier. John the Baptist, Jesus said, is, a greater, is, is greater than all. Jesus comes and John introduces him as one mightier than him. Now, these two people and the commonality about them is the fact that they knew who they were. John knew who he was. When they asked him, he was clear with them. Now let's look at Jesus because Jesus also, who was mighty, who fulfilled his purpose, who impacted the generation, had to know who he was. Look at it. Matthew chapter 16 verse 13 to 18. Matthew 16 13 to 18. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippa, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that are the son of man am? Are you following the teaching tonight? He says, who do men say that I am? And a lot of us, people are describing us with different things. They look at your condition, they look at your situation, and they use it to describe you. And you also accept it. Blind Bartimaeus, you say yes, sir. Divorcee, you say yes, sir. Failure, you say yes, sir. The one who is not intelligent, you say yes, sir. The sick, you say yes, sir. The poor, you say yes, sir. After this series, you shall not answer in the affirmative to any negative talk. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Now you must understand, labels matter in life. Labels matter. What label are you wearing? That's, that's another teaching. It will come. Now, now look at this. They said, who does the son of man say I am? Then they said, some says, look at what they say. Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. These were what people said. These were the impressions, the opinions of people about him. There are many people who go through life living their lives at the mercy of other people's opinion. You were in school and a teacher told you, you are not, uh, you will not, you will not amount to anything. And he has stayed with you long after you have left school. Every now and then you look at your life and you can attribute it the fact that you are not going forward. You are not making progress and it's because of that wrong negative seed that was planted in your life. Somebody look at your child and say, this is your child. He may not be able to excel. That's not something to let go by heart. Immediately it needs to be addressed. I'm not communicating here. It's critical. It says, some say the John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. These were popular opinion about him. Now, it tells you that what may be popular opinion is not necessarily God's opinion about you. There are many people who have popular opinion. They say, this person is not good. This person is bad. This person is like this. This person is like that. And people have branded you until you have almost come to a point where you are not sure of yourself anymore. You know, you can hear a lie for a long time and at a certain point, it begins to sound like truth in your ears. Am I complicating somebody here? You can hear a lie for a long time and after some time, it begins to sound like truth in your ears. And those are the things that we are going to destroy in this series. In the mighty name of Jesus. Then Jesus said, well, these guys are not so close to them. So if they are expressing these opinions about me, it doesn't really matter. But you, who are my disciples? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered. Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you. Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. In this season, God will show you who you really are. You are more than a conqueror and you will see it. You are loved and accepted and you will see it. In the mighty name of Jesus, every negative label on your life shall be removed. In the mighty name of Jesus. Any designation people have given you, which is not the designation of your heavenly father, it shall be removed from your life. In the mighty name of Jesus, as the light of God's word enters your spirit, I see that label move from your life. I see that label taken away from your life. In the mighty name of Jesus, so it shall be in your life. Please take your seat in God's presence. Understand me tonight. Identity crisis is Satan's greatest weapon against you as a child of God. Identity crisis. Identity crisis. If there is one thing Satan never wants you to know about yourself is who you are. He said flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. So, by the way, what we are talking about, we are not talking about flesh and blood. We are not talking about your identity as it relates in the flesh. We are looking at your identity as God deems it to be. How God sees you. That's what we are talking about. We are not talking about how your father saw you, how your teacher saw you, how your friends see you. But we are looking at how God sees you. Never forget this key point tonight. Identity crisis is Satan's greatest weapon against you as a child. Now look at this. Adam. How did Adam fail from the beginning? 
identity crisis. Somebody say identity crisis. You know, we are told in the scriptures, he said, lest Satan should get advantage of you, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Satan will always take advantage of you if you give him the opportunity. Adam and Eve, through their ignorance of who they were, because they were not sure, they were ignorant about their identity, they sold themselves cheap. Look at Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 to 27. Then God said, let us make man, please follow this reading closely because that's where it is. Let us make man in our, read with me, in our, let us make man in our, according to our, and let them have what? Dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his, in his, in his, in the image of God created he male and female created he them. We'll come back to look at the word image then. Not today. God created man in his image. Now, let's start from verse 26 and count the number of times the word image appears here. Then, let us make man in our image. Alright? That's the first one. Go to 27. It appears there like twice. Image. 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he male and female created he them. So how did God create Adam and Eve in the beginning? After his likeness. Did you see that? God made them in his image after his likeness. Now let's look at Satan. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 to 5. Now the serpent, and I want you to listen and listen attentively because if you miss the foundation, you may not be able to catch up. So please get this foundation straight. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. He said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. Verse 3. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse 4, the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Verse 5, let's read it together. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Take note of the word, you will be like God. You will be like they didn't know their identity. So when Satan said, you will be like God, he said, ah, want to be like God. Meanwhile, they had already been made in the image of God, in the likeness of God. Am I communicating here? Satan, in his quest to deceive them, he said, you will be like God. You will be like God. And when you don't know your identity, you go through life always struggling to want to be like somebody else. When you meet a person who is always comparing himself with somebody else, trying to be like somebody else is a mark, is a lack of identity. That person is living with an identity crisis. He said, you will be like God. They have been made already in the image of God. That's what the Bible calls him. The serpent is more subtle. He's very deceptive. You will be like God. They were already. But Adam and Eve saw themselves cheap. Why? Because they didn't know their identity. These were people who were supposed to be in dominion. They ended up becoming dominated. And it was because they didn't know their identity. These were people who were supposed to be successful. They ended up as failures because they didn't know their identity. These were people who were supposed to be prosperous and rich. 
but they ended up with poverty in poverty and penury because they did not know their identity. Listen, this subject of your identity in Christ is critical and fundamental to everything you can ever become. The first Adam, the test and the temptation he had to pass was an identity test. Now, let's look at the second Adam, Jesus Christ. Jesus came and the same thing happened. Satan went to play the identity card with Jesus. Look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 3. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Please take note of the word, If you are the son of God. If you are the son of God. Now go to chapter 4 verse 5 to 7. Then the devil took him up into the holy city. Set him on the pinnacle of the temple. Verse 6. And said to him, if you are the son of God. Did you see that? If you are the son of God, do what? Throw yourself down for it is what? He shall give his angel charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up. Lest you dash your foot against stone. If you are the son of God. If you are the son of God. He was hitting directly. You remember when Jesus asked them. He said who do they say the son of man is. He said thou art Christ. The son of the living God. Satan came he said I'm not sure you know who you are. So if you know you are the son of God. You know when people challenge you like that. And you don't know your identity. Then you begin to fool around. If you really know who you are. When people say you are this. There is no need proving a point. People go through life trying to prove a point. Some people buy a car and they are trying to prove a point. They live in a particular place. Sometimes they can't afford, but they are doing so to prove a point. They dress in a certain way just to prove a point because they don't know who they are. Listen, everything you can ever become, everything you will ever be able to attain in life is predicated on your identity. Somebody say my identity. Say my identity. Before Jesus went to the mountain to pray and to fast, God had already visited him. Now, let's look at Luke chapter 3, verse 21. When all people were being baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was open. Now, look at this. And the Holy Spirit, read it with me. The Holy Spirit descended poly form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, that was from the father to the son. This is not Peter and the rest of the apostles saying, the father revealed his identity to him. So, it's only when you know the right answer for the question you are posed, that when the answer comes, you will know. So, when Jesus told them, he said, who do the son of man say? He said, some say you are Elijah. Others say you are one of the prophets. Others say you are Jeremiah. He said, all of you, wrong. Then somebody said, you are the Christ the son of the living God. He said, yes, 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 you are on point. From today, your life will be on point. From today, your life will go on the right course. Because he was on point. That was who his father told him. Mark chapter 9 verse 7. The same thing is repeated there. The father made it clear to Christ exactly who he was. Exactly who he was. Read that with me. This is my beloved son. Hear him. Somebody say, my beloved son. Say, my beloved son. Jesus overcame and subdued Satan and finished his assignment because he knew who he was. The reason why Adam could easily be defeated because he didn't know who he was. The second Adam 
conquered and defeated because he knew he was. If you read the book of John, eh, you will see a number of times Jesus talks about I am, I am, I am. In the book of John, he talks about I am the bread of life. Look at that. I'm the bread of life. That's Jesus. I'm the light of the world. I'm the door of the sheep. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. I am, I am, I am. Jesus knew exactly who he was. You must know who you are. People should not define you anyhow. Because if you live your life for people to define you, they will define you. People will define you in a way that will make you live a defeated life. Praise God. Your identity is critical to everything that God would have you become. In the New Testament, we have great and precious promises. The Bible says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by this we might be partakers of his divine nature. There are promises given to us in the New Testament. We cannot walk in the reality of them until we know who we are. The children of Israel were supposed to go to Canaan and then conquer Canaan and come back and dominate Canaan. About 12 of them were sent to go view the land. They watched the land and they were supposed to bring a report. Let's quickly take a look at the report they brought as we get ready to run up the service. Numbers chapter 13 verse 26. Numbers 13 verse 26. New King James Version. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran Akadish. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Please follow me. Verse 27. They told him, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit. Please follow this. This is the fruit. They were destined for a land filled with milk and honey. But they couldn't eat of it. It's sad when you live in a land of abundance. But you are living in abject poverty. You can be living in abundance. Everywhere money is. And yet you alone you are broke. In our kingdom there is no poverty. In our kingdom, there is no sickness. In our kingdom, there is no failure. From this month, you will know no failure. From this month, you will know no lack. Now, look at what the Bible says. It said, we have spied the land. It's a good land. There is milk and there is honey on it. Now, look at verse 28. Nevertheless, the people, the people, somebody say the people. He said, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Look at verse 29. He said, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea, and along the banks of the Jordan. Verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses, and said, let us go up at once, and take possession, for we are all well able to overcome it. May your language change from today. Now look at verse 31 to 33, because we are not focusing on this place today. But the men who had gone with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than, for they are stronger than, for they are stronger than. Now listen, you have no idea the quality of stab people have lost because they have this, they are stronger than we mentality. Contracts, instead of applying for a contract, they say, ah, you know, this contract, some multinationals are applying, they are stronger than me. There are some people that should go and propose love to a certain lady. They look at the lady and say, ask for this one. It not be my size. Stronger than we. Places you can apply and get a job and be promoted, 
You are sitting there and say, ah, my qualification is too small. You are simply saying they are stronger than we. That's the report they came. Look at verse 32. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it are men of great stature. Now look at verse 33. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. After this man, grasshopper mentality shall live your life. Grasshopper mentality shall live your life. Now, listen, listen to me. You can never become all God will have you become until there's a mental shift. True transformation, lasting transformation, enduring transformation begins with the mind. He said, we are stronger. We were like grasshoppers in their sight. When you don't know who you are, one of the complexes you work with is a grasshopper mentality. Grasshopper mentality. Grasshopper mentality never attempt anything great. Grasshopper mentality never fight for victory. Grasshopper mentality accept life as it is. Grasshopper mentality never advances people. Grasshopper mentality keeps people in poverty. Grasshopper mentality stagnates people. Grasshopper mentality makes people poor. In this church, none shall have grasshopper mentality. The Bible said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Grasshopper mentality. Grasshopper mentality. A lot of people are in church, but their mindset is that of grasshoppers. Grasshopper mentality. When you don't know who you are, you walk about with grasshopper mentality. When you are going to buy clothes, instead of saving the money and buying one quality one, you rather buy multiples of Bruniwell. Grasshopper mentality. Grasshopper mentality. Grasshopper mentality. You can have money in your hands and you can buy good food to eat. But grasshopper mentality, your kogari is what I want. Grasshopper mentality. Grasshopper mentality is a mentality that keeps people, tells people that they don't deserve the best. Grasshopper mentality makes people feel that they don't have, they don't deserve anything good. The good things belong to a certain class of people. You know, there are a certain class of people who can live in such a place. A certain class of people can drive this kind of car. A certain kind of person can go to this kind of school. Now, listen, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Am I communicating here? The Bible says, he's given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. I like Caleb. He said, let us go up at once. For we are well able... When you have this complex, you can be in the United States of America and your life will not be any different from somebody living in Somalia. It's not the land, it's your mentality. Praise God. It's your mentality. It's your mentality. There are some of us seated here. Your mindset is that some kind of cars, some people must drive it. There are certain kind of people who can drive certain kind of cars. And I'm asking myself, do they have three legs? Do they have four legs? Because that way we will know that they are very different from you. There are certain properties, only certain kind of people can have it. When you have that mindset, you will never, never, never assess the best of God. Now listen. Was the promised land, yes? Oh, was the promised land, yes? It had been promised to them. Now listen. The promised land had been promised to the children of Israel. So it was yes. God said, I've given you the land. He's given them the land already. They were just to go there and possess it. But their mindset went there, couldn't possess it because of a negative mindset. What is it that God has given you that you are not possessing? Divine health is yours. You are not possessing it. 
Prosperity is yours, you are not possessing. Peace, joy is yours, you are not possessing. Great self-esteem is yours, you are not possessing it. Every time you feel unworthy, every time you feel condemned, you have a certain self-esteem which is rooted in your mentality. Praise God. You have to know who you are. I'm just excited in my spirit. Is somebody getting liberated already? This is just the foundation. You have to know who you are. By the time we finish this teaching, you will come to like yourself and you will like other people and you will enjoy your relationship with God. A lot of us are simply enduring our relationship with God. We are living on performance basis instead of reaching out to God on faith. When you pray today and tomorrow, then you feel that then you are okay. But if you are not able to pray for one week, you feel like you are off. Listen, that's performance Christianity. Praise God. When you know who you are, a lion is a lion, whether he has prayed or not. Am I communicating? A lion doesn't need to pray to be a lion. A lion is a lion. Even when he's sleeping, he's a lion. Am I communicating here? The Bible says, little children, you are of God and have overcome the world. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He didn't say you are great when you are prayed. No. Your mindset needs to work. Praise God. Your mindset is like where you have set your mind. And I see your mind getting right. I see your mind being set aright. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank him for tonight. has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 540 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. Our first service, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. Second service, 8.15 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. Third service, 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service with our first service, 5.45 p.m. to 7 p.m. Second service, 7.15 p.m. to 8.15 p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasi Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you.